The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. I can't help it that I'm a good dancer and you're a strong mover. Don't punish me for being good at Corey. And Michael Lucas. I am a professional DJ, it's true. I played one on screen. Beat mixing, yes, I did learn how to beat mix, but anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. This is Emsolation. Oh, I bet you have a disgusting giant-sized Nivea. I do, it's oh. exactly <laughs> what I have. You are such a hetero. It's a pump. Oh. <laughs> you're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to the last in-studio edition of Emsolation. I am your host, comedian, writer, singer, um, neurodivergent magic brain. Oh, my God, you changed the intro and I can't, my little brain. Let's, let me just say it on the say. Hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. There we go. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend, screenwriter, actor and Logie Award winner, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. Hey, we did it. My goodness, another year together. I don't take that lightly. This is the last time Michael and I will be in studio. Next week you're getting an episode. It will be our live show packaged up for you to hear. None of the songs because legally that cannot happen. But you will be getting our chat, which will include Casey Donovan. It'll include a reflection on this year, our top episodes. So um, it'll be a nice little way to wrap up the year, I think. We're also going to be kicking off next year with, ooh, should I give it away? I'm chatting with Ben Crow. You're going to be getting two very special episodes in January because I think it's going to be a great way to start your year. So there's a lot to look forward to from your favourite podcast. Thank you. Truly, I know people say this and, you know, just washes over you, but I want you to tune in to the sound of my voice when I say thank you. Thank you very much for choosing us, for coming on this journey with me. I know a lot of you had never even heard of a podcast until you <laughs> were forced by me to come along. I really appreciate it. I know there's lots of other people vying for your attention. So the fact that you are here each week and continue to show up is something that I am truly grateful for. And I hope that I can keep making this thing and growing this thing you know, to the point where I am commanding the kind of things that Joe Rogan is. Oh, God, one day. Can you imagine? Hey, it's an exciting week for us. As I said, we've got the live show coming up. Marcella joins us today briefly to chat White Lotus because I have not seen the entire series and obviously everyone is talking about the fact that it ended. Michael and her have a sealed section discussion I only chat about the first three episodes that I've seen, then I exit the chat. We're going to give you plenty of warning, plenty of time to skip forward. We'll tell you exactly where to skip forward to. But we allowed Michael and Marcella to just cut sick and go off about the final episode, which I know a lot of you were hoping for, which was great that we could do that. Michael's off to get his hair dyed blonde today, especially. That is commitment 
after the live show, isn't it? It's been a big year. I said to Ben, our EP, I am crawling to the end. For me, officially, that's December 19. Then I'm really trying to take my brain out of my head and just give it a good wash and rest. I think I'm not physically tired, I'm mentally tired. I know a lot of you feel the same way. And this year has been a huge year personally for me. The press club obviously being the highlight and I'm still finding out ways in which that speech has made a difference for people and being discussed around policy changes, being discussed within the medical community. I think, you know, I'll hopefully allow myself a bit of time to maybe even watch it or listen to it. I still haven't watched the speech. <laughs> I know. I know that's wild. I, I haven't been able to hold the space yet. I feel emotional. Every time I sit down to try and watch it, I get, I, I don't know, I just get overcome and I can't do it. But I'm really hoping that when we next chat next year, I will have watched it and, you know, I'll review it. I'll give myself, maybe I'll do an okay stop on my National Press Club address. I'm not going to do that. We have the tour. We set the studio up. I got an autism diagnosis. <laughs> just a couple of things. Elio starting kinder next year. Odette starting a new school next year. There's a lot happening for the Rossiano Barrows, as I'm sure there is in your world. Whatever's going on for you, December, January, I hope you get some time to recoup, rest, put back in, do all the things you've maybe neglected this year. That's enough from me on the final intro from our shoots. But I'm really looking forward to what next year holds. We've got some big plans, lots of live streams, way more live shows. We are going to come to the rest of the country, I promise. Sydney, you'll be first. We'll even try and make it to Perth. I, I'm poor Perth. We love you. You're just so far away. Again, very grateful that you've chosen us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Megan and Harry's in there. I had a massive eBay win. I talk about my night at the NGV gala. It's all there. Everything you've come to love and know. All right. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Michael Lucas, Marcella Rossiano Barrow. Welcome to the last in studio episode. <gasps> Thank you so much. Of 2022. Oh, well done. Do you have applause? Yes. Very aggressive applause. Yeah. Hey. Have you got a cat weasel t shirt? No. Who yes. is that? It is. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm wearing a cat weasel t-shirt. Did you order that last week? I ordered it last week. Did you have to get it made up specially? Yes. Of course. (laughs) That is niche. And just know. That came quick. That Christmas is around the corner. (laughs) I'll wear it with pride. (laughs) Yeah. No, don't worry. I got you one too, but it's in your Christmas present. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing cat weasel t-shirt. I had to. I don't know. It was just something compelled me and I Mm. looked him up after we spoke about him so often Mm. and then I went and watched all the old clips and I realised he deserves this, this actor. Well done, Cat Weasel. <laughs> the Harry and Megan, we must get straight to it because I loved it. <laughs> okay, um, straight up, if you are here wanting me to paste these two, mm. you, you're, you need to go find Piers Morgan's podcast because I loved it. Yeah, I, 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 me too. Well, I watched it. We finished the season of The Crown and we just rolled straight on <laughs> like it was the next season of The Crown. Absolutely. I, it gave me no surprises. 
It gave me everything I wanted, all the Diana footage, hearing Harry speak about his mother Mm. in such beautiful... I've never never got to hear him really speak about her and because he was so young Mm. when she passed away, so a lot of his memories are obviously built on interviews he's watched and Mm. there's a scene where... Um, Megan has one of the children and there's a beautiful framed shot of Princess Di on the wall and she says, saying to the baby, who's that? That's your grandma Diana. (laughs) (laughs) Just a candid moment. (laughs) So relatable. She picked the most glamorous princessy picture of Diana you could possibly find. Respect. Respect. That's what I want. (laughs) When I'm dead and gone. It wasn't there on Elio's wall, (laughs) frankly. When I'm dead and gone and Marcella's showing her ancestors me, mm. I want it to be like my evil queen poster where I've got gay men as Dalmatians on leashes. Do you know who that is? It's Nana M. She might sound like <laughs> Meghan Markle, but <laughs> that's what I want. Mm, my mm. legacy to be, Di would be wrapped with that picture. <laughs> the little kid going, she looks beautiful. And then Charlie going, there's a lot of filters, but it is her. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they've obviously copped a lot of flack. And honestly, I don't understand what the big misdemeanour is. I don't think there is a crime. I think the only crime is that she is a black woman daring to rise above the station that people seem to think she should have. That that's the, the only thing I can think of is that this is an internalised or externalised racism issue. Yes, and that they're breaking the sort of contract that that family seems to have with the press. But they never agreed to that no, contract. No, totally. No one does. He was born into it Correct. without consent. And they did make that point in it. And it did make me think that is wild that you could be born and find out, guess what? Your life rights have sort of essentially been sold in a trade to all of these horrible press outlets. And so you just have to pose and smile. Yeah. And accept that they will write terrible shit about you all the time. Like it is wild that we allowed that to happen. And I think, you know, when you when they entered into the contracts with the press, social media wasn't around. And there was a mm. news cycle and things had to wait and simmer off and mm. it was just print news and it would go away. Mm. It would be chucked out with the fish and chip paper, mm. as they would say. And now it's imprinted forever on the internet. The yeah. internet is forever. Also, the other thing for me is I just think that basically royal reporters and everyone that's up in arms, they need this shit. They need family divisions. They need drama like they needed Diana. Mm. If if it wasn't for Harry and Meghan, they would be stuck having to write about Charles and Camilla and Will and Kate and no one would read and no one would be interested. This has been... They've printed about 800 articles. Yes, yeah, I love about it. About it. <laughs> they just churn through and... Some of it is so gross. The bit that really revealed, I think, reveals people as dickheads is because they gave them, Harry and Meghan gave so little, um, really, they never took a dig at any particular royal family member or anything like that. The one thing they had was when Meghan was imitating her curtsy to the Queen. Yeah. Well, she was taking the piss out of herself because she didn't know how to curtsy, so she did a really elaborate thing. And people are somehow saying, oh, that's that's racism on her part because she's mocking our customs. And it's so pathetic. Wait, it's what? So- yes. <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of people say she has no respect for our British customs. Why is it okay for her to mock it? And she's firstly, she's taking the piss out of herself. And secondly, just what? What? I mean, if that's what you're latching on to. My God. But I really liked, they also brought in, as you know, I have conflicted attitude to the whole principle of the monarchy. But the way that they brought in those academics to sort of talk about, let's talk about what the empire was, a way of funnelling wealth from poorer countries towards Britain, and we use the word commonwealth. What a lot of bullshit. The Mm. wealth is going one way. (laughs) How did this tiny little chilly island become the richest nation in the world? Off the backs of a whole lot of generally people of colour and a whole lot of poorer nations that they conquered. And it called it out. Mm. And I can't believe that you're up in arms about them being publicity hungry or something and not the basic principle of all of that. My favourite, guess who my favourite character is of the whole thing? 
And she also wins this week's Good For Her. Good for her! Good for her. Fergie? I mean, it's... No, like... get in the doco. Yeah. Who is going to be the person that I love the most? She oh. sits down and she's like... The, the mum. Yes. Yeah, Doria. Oh, Doria. Yeah. Mm. Good for her! Mm. I thought she was outstanding. Yeah, she was great. Just her mm. presence mm-hmm. and mm. the way that they. she sat down and she said, I'm ready to have my voice heard, that's for sure. Good for her. Mm. <laughs> she was like, great. Yeah. Strap in. Yeah. And also, Meghan Markle's family on the, the father and the step, awful. Awful. And that, awful. that was actually, to have that broken down, and also I knew nothing about this relationship that she had with her niece. Mm. And that actually did shift, because I did sort of, I... I, I guess I had fallen prey to some of the tabloid stuff and mm. then I did think, mm, there's something really fucked up in her relationship with her, um, particularly her paternal side of the family or only her paternal side of the family. But then when it broke it down, it felt like, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and the house is amazing. It looks like a day spa. It looks like something that Gwyneth Paltrow would live in. Mm. It gave me everything I wanted. I truly wish them well. <laughs> I just think if people choose to engage with them, good. If you don't want to, don't. But let them be. They're, <laughs> like they're literally raising money for charities and they're making grassroots stuff and they're trying to escape a system that has oppressed so many. They're doing all the right things. Like they're not being vacuous or awful. They're not Elon Musk. They're not the Kardashians. Mm. I just think if this is if these are our villains, then I'm like, come on. Look, same. I mean, by and large, and at this point, anything anything that makes us question what the hell is going on with us having a monarchy yeah. is, you know, it's great. I'm on board. I I'm agree. On board. I love it. Go and watch it. I'm also using it to fall asleep too. So. Look, it's quite long. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. That's I mean, their it, biggest crime, in my opinion. The two of them are boring. It's boring. Mm. They're not electrifying or particularly charismatic. The banter's not good. There's no banter. They call each other H&M. <laughs> And, yeah, I don't know. But they're just a normal, you know, like, they, they, I think their biggest crime is that they're boring. That's it. Mm. They're not, they, didn't, they didn't set me on fire. No. You know, and also I think it's hilarious, as I said to you on the phone, the Netflix spent $145 million on stuff shot in portrait mode on their oh, iPhone. Oh, <laughs> I personally love that. <laughs> Truly, it is all home movies shot the wrong way. Yes. I, I do understand that, you know, in a, a lot Big of British... Big black things at the side of this right. $145 million project. And they weren't shy about, you know, if anything significant was happening, she either got it in a portrait mode video or um, some sort of selfie or something like that. <laughs> I mean, literally, there's him on his knee proposing. So it must have been <laughs> like, that phone came out real quick. But can you imagine the Netflix execs going, Fuck! Mm. Turn the phone around. Landscape. And can you raise the resolution? 180. Please. Stop swiping the Paris filter across. That's right. (laughs) Get a friend to hold the torch so we're not in some grainy natural light situation. Madonna's lighting gay would have had that sussed. They clearly didn't have any gays around them to tell them to turn the fucking phone around. I just wish that when the footage was handed over, I could have been a fly on the wall because legitimately 90% of their footage, 99% of the home footage, is shot the wrong way. It's brilliant. (laughs) And when you're sitting there watching it on a television, it's just this slit down the middle. And it's like, wow! Like the entire movie, Lord of the Rings was made for the less. If there was an equivalent. Lord of the fucking rings, Michael. It's wild. We could have had Daenerys fly through on her dragon for less. Totally. I know. Oh. If Madonna makes a similar documentary, you can bet oh, that it'll be, it'll be high res. It'll, it'll actually be nominated for Best Animation. <laughs> You'll have because... to. Because. 
There will be so much filtering. <laughs> oh. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Now, what I want to make clear is I have only seen two and a half episodes. I'm up to episode three. These two have finished. This is another syndrome. It's it's well documented with them that when the world and everyone around her decides this is a must watch, this is a must watch, it produces an opposite effect. She becomes resistant to it. But in this case, eventually she buckled, but too late. Too late. And now we've had this global cultural moment where it felt like everyone in the world was hooked in to watch the finale and where's she good five episodes back in the run. Yeah, but I get to watch it all at once in one sitting. In but don't you yeah. sun? It was fun having the nah. Sunday the speculation. Nah. Yeah, it was I've brilliant. got six different series of Drag Race on the go. I've already got that. I don't need another thing to wait for each week. And also, I have told you both to watch Sort Of on Stan. Mm. It is one of the greatest shows of all time mm. and neither of you have watched it. So. I've watched a few episodes. I have started it. Oh, God, it's so good. All right, White Lotus, insert theme music. So what we're going to do is I'm going to discuss what I have seen. I'm going to give you my opinions on the characters. (laughs) Then I'm going to exit the chat and you two are going to have an in-the-vault, spoiler-filled discussion about the finale, all right? Yeah. So we're going to give everyone plenty of warning. You're fine if you've, like, seen up to episode three. That's where I am. I'm just going to discuss my feelings around the characters and then these two are going to go ham, so skip forward is what I would suggest. All right, so my least favourite character by a mile at the moment is Ethan. Ethan. He's so hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> he is Harper's husband, the tech nerd, the, mm. I think the, the incel. And I don't, there's something about him that makes me very uneasy. Mm. There's a scene, the masturbating scene for some reason didn't electrify me like I thought it would. Mm. The episode, episode one, obviously, we see Theo James's penis. Disappointing. I mean, it's a penis, it's not a sunset. It was just a little side profile. I mean, you know. Well, it was a prosthetic. He's an, he's he made that very clear. I mean, why bother? Really? I just feel like if you're gonna go she to, she was, was disappointed. She said she wanted full frontal, but for the purpose of the storyline, yeah, it's meant to be very subtle. Yeah, it's like well, was, was he nothing meant to, subtle. It's no, to, <laughs> but it's like was he meant to? Yeah, show was that intentional oh, or not? I just think if you've got the budget for a prosthetic, what a waste of money if you're only seeing just the tip hanging off the side of his leg. I, I think you're really it was giving a horse it short penis-y too. There. Like it was a bit yeah, horse penis-y. It was. It was a bit like, he, the, like yes. the end of Mary Poppins's umbrella. Penis. I don't like him at all. No. That character. Do you know that awful. he? I didn't realise that he and Will Sharp, who plays Ethan, Ethan, are both British. Did you know that? Oh, I knew that Theo yeah. was I knew British. Theo was. Yeah. 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 It's wild Sanderton. to me. Obviously, I love Jen's character. Oh, where's my brain? Tanya. Is that, is that her name? Tanya, yeah. yeah. Can, why can't I remember any of the well, characters' nobody, names? No, that's the whole thing. Nobody knows any of the White Lotus characters' names. Why? You call them... Aubrey. Yeah. The one's wife, the husband, the grandfather, I've, the There's dad. a couple that I don't know. Like, Portia, I just know I as couldn't Portia. tell you the grandfather, the dad, or the son's no, names. No. Oh, there. Couldn't tell you the trio Oh, Elbie. I'd say Elbie, yeah. The trio of... Uh, yeah. Those three, the, the father, mm-hmm. the son, and the, the father, son, and house of Gucci. Father, son, and house of Gucci. Yeah. The yeah, grandfather, no, no, awful. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, even no, the no. son. 
No, no. No, no. Even the uh, feminist son. And yeah. I haven't seen anything other than him just being super feminist, which mm. straight away sets my hackles mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. if a man tells you he's a feminist, well, Trouble. is he? I have always supported women. I've always promoted women. I'm a feminist. Yeah. Uh, so I don't like any of them. The, the, the protagonist for me is Harper. Aubrey's character. Yes. That from she's so far front runner in terms of I love her character. I mean, my very, very favorite character is the concierge, is the Valentina. Welcome to the White Lotus. I am Valentina, the resort manager. How was your boat ride? It was bellissimo. I mean, I'm impressed that you're even here. Why are you impressed? It's a long trip from Los Angeles. And you're quite old, no? Looks like Lady Gaga. Yeah, looks like Lady Gaga, runs around, just says things like, look, uh, really? Uh, <laughs> like, that's all she, she just walks in every day and says yeah. to her offsider, really? Uh, I love her. I, well, I thought you'd be into the hookers. I love the hookers. Yeah. Love the hookers. Yeah. They're great. Excellent, excellent part of the storyline. But I do, yeah, I have to say that Aubrey's character, Harper, is my favourite and I hope that every, good things happen to her. And Daphne, she is... Amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Daphne's giving me everything I want from this woman who is bubbling under the surface and simmering with mm-hmm, rage, mm-hmm. but hiding it with a perfect hair and mm-hmm, a perfect smile mm-hmm. and a perfect caftan. Mm. And I, and it, the whole show makes me extremely uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> exactly what they want. And all the men are awful. Awful. It, it really just like why men? I think a lot of the women are awful, and I think as you go on, you'll really understand that everyone is awful. There's literally a line where Nuna yells out, "And what do we need men for?" Well, (laughs) because so far, halfway through episode three, Mm. but I think it's beautifully shot and I just, the way they capture the human condition of just real, and and, um, Portia's Portia's the PA, she's Mm. so sad all the time and I just feel like saying, mate. And her terrible, weirdly 90s clothes, but just the worst version That is the one thing that people have been criticising about this show. They're like, they've gotten the Gen Z wardrobe all wrong. It's incorrect. <laughs> Have you? So you're not even up to. So what I'm up to is the, she hasn't the met. Nephew. She she no. hasn't you met haven't, Jack and the Gays. No, you haven't. Oh lived. my no. god! It's going to escalate for you so sharply. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I'm just Daphne and Harper have arrived at the villa to, that, that yeah, she tricks. Okay. The, oh, yeah. you've got so oh, mate, far to go. Oh, mate, staying the night. Yeah. And I just, I hope, I get that. Yeah, I'm getting the sense that uh, that Theo James's characters trying to crack on to Aubrey's character. Oh my Harper. god, this is terrible. Mm. This is Cameron like, is trying to crack on to Harper. Yeah, it feels like. They're trying to trick us into thinking there's mm. some sexual tension there. Like that's that's where I'm going with that whole situation because she's seen the penis. Mm. He's mm. constantly went and he touched her leg under the water. He's like, I hope you like me. And she's like, I like you. So if that feels like this. And she's sexually frustrated because I'll make won't have sex with her. So I just think there's something happening there. Mm. All right, I'm going to exit the chat. No, well, I just want to know who's you, who's going to die. Who yeah. multiple people? All, well, she hasn't even. She never finished the first season, but someone oh. always dies. Yeah, but you know it. But from you know the, that from you know the it right from the start. So you got to put your money on someone. Do you already know who's dying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who do I think's going to die? Yeah. yeah, one of the men. And there's um, multiple too. There's multiple bodies found. But yeah, I think, I think the dad, the awful dad, the one who had the affair on the wife, mm-hmm. the Italian dad. I think he's one of them. I think the son, the feminist son. Mm-hmm. I think him. And if I had to pick a woman. Uh, I would say, no, it wouldn't be Harper. It won't be, it won't be, no. I don't know. 
friend or the women? Maybe one of the one of the ladies of the night, mm. one of those girls, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm. where I'm at. I really hope it's one of the, <laughs> the father and the son of the grandfather. Yeah, no, They're sure. awful. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think. No, I definitely think because yeah, a dude. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm exiting the chat. Spoiler alert. If you have not watched the finale of The White Lotus, these two are what about What are you to doing discuss. with your life? Yeah. I'm exiting the chat. I'm literally walking out of the room. Okay. La, 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 la. All right, hang on. All right, I'm going. To avoid any spoilers for the final episode of season two of The White Lotus, scan forward now to 29 minutes and 10 seconds. Don't forget to come back and listen when you've watched the entire series. Our special sealed section answers all those intimate questions you ask most. Okay. <laughs> Ratings out of 10 for the finale. Um, 9.8. Yeah, me too. It was so good. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was... I just felt like everything <laughs> paid off so well. The real surprise for me was... Weirdly, everything was pretty heavily flagged, and yet it still felt really suspenseful and surprising to me. Like there, yeah. there's no, there was no outcome that was truly. I don't know. It felt like they were seeding that Tanya was going to be the one in that plot. I really though thought that they that was going to be another red herring. Like yeah, I me really too. thought when she me opened too. up the bag, mm. there wasn't going to be anything in there. Because it felt very Tanya to think that everyone was in a conspiracy against yeah. her. Only to I, I thought maybe she would go at, on some sort of killing rampage, only to find out that. There was not, no one was plotting anything yeah. against her at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That though, <laughs> she just straight up shot. Like that shocked me. Mm, but then I, I thought she was missing them, and then they revealed. Oh no, no she, she killed all... everyone. Bloodbath. The the two greatest lines for me. <laughs> <laughs> these gays are trying to kill me. Please, these gays, they're trying to murder me. So many times, so many times. <laughs> and then when. When, like, she's got the well-to-do gay and he's, like, bleeding blood coming and out of her. she's like, is he cheating on me? Miss <laughs> Craig having an affair. Tell me, I know you know. Tell me. <laughs> because she, I mean, at this point she absolutely knows he was plotting her death to get all her money. <laughs> she's okay with that to a certain extent, but he's, he's, he's Craig cheating on me. But also her method of death. I just, I loved it so much that she successfully oh. took out all these contract killers. And then just and fell. <laughs> but my thing was there were stairs. I know. There we saw it. Stairs. I know, I know. And the way she they held that shot for so long, because we were all like, mm. she's going to come up, she's mm. going to come up. And they just were like, no. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the other moment that got me was when um, Ethan tells Daphne that he reckons something's Brilliant. going on. Mm. And you see her like, take it in, and then you just see her bury it and then, like, switch. Yeah, yeah. Like. Totally. It was an amazing performance. She was incredible. She's the character that I would want to continue. Yeah. It would make total sense that she would go away for a girls' weekend or something like that to another resort. Yeah. She could. And then were they were, were they suggesting that, like, they, they've gone off to that island to. Uh, yeah. Uh, look. I, we, I, they did leave, they explained a lot, but they did leave a few things like hanging so that you don't never truly know. And so in that moment, yes, she suggested that they walk to the island, which was all foreshadowed as a place where people might die. So yeah, I was thinking... Yeah, well, I was just thinking someone's going to fall off mm, there. That was very clever. Are they going to fuck or are they going to, to yeah. for murder? I, I think I read into it that they did sleep with each other to get yeah. even because then he went back and ravaged Aubrey Plaza. Yes. <laughs>
And then they're all happy just lying at the airport like nothing <laughs> happened. Well, mm. then I did love that reveal then that Portia finds out from Albie that there's that yeah, been a bunch of totally, murders but totally. she doesn't know who. Uh, and that Portia in the end just basically takes that. Well, what's the Brits dude's name? Jack. Like Jack takes his advice and just gets on the plane yeah. and on <laughs> Holy shit. I, genuinely, I was like, no, she'll go back. She'll go back. She'll report to the police. No. no. They really stayed committed to the most bleak view of human nature. Yeah. And that the ultimate winners were the two prostitutes. And I was really happy for them. Me too. They're walking through. I was like, oh, this is a nice ending. And then we revealed that what looked like her terrible, mean, avenging pimp was just a friend. Just a handsome friend. Just a concierge who works at the... So good. So you you liked better than the first season? Everyone is saying that, but I don't... I think I liked the vibes better, obviously, because it was in Sicily. Mm. This was a slower burn. Mm. I don't. I. I don't know. Uh, I can't compare them. I. Yeah. I. I was more obsessed with each all of the relationships in this one. I think. Yeah. Pretty much because there were some, like some of the douchey people in season one were okay. You know, that, everyone was great. I mean, they've all been great the whole time. But this time, I was legitimately. It didn't matter which storyline you went yeah, to. Yeah, I was there for it. Even yeah. the concierge woman and. Um, the prostitute. I was into that. I was into yeah. everything. There was yeah. nothing that they cut to that I wasn't obsessed with, and there was nothing that I didn't feel like paid off in this really satisfying way. Yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. It's so good. Well, there we go. Ten out of ten. All right. Ten out of ten. Is that? A, can we? All right. You we've done our in. sealed section. Did you hear anything? No, nope, I I had this noise cancelling. Of course. On. Okay, can I press the harp officially? Yeah. On Saturday night, I attended the NGV Gala. Australia's answer to the Met Ball. Mm-hmm. You may have seen my photos. Some would declare that you won the NGV Gala. I Actually, there were, some, there were some good people Melissa there. Melissa Leung. Oh, that was good. And really fucking fierce of her because there's a lot of shit going down in the press for her at the moment, which is really unfair and kind of boring that the female in the cast is being targeted. And she showed up and was fierce as fuck and is just so, she's just such an impressive human. Mm. So she looked great. And there's a lot of drag queens there from Drag Race, which was great. Mm. But the thing is, what I loved is everyone who was there was just into the fashion. They were there for the commitment on the carpet. There was no boring, there was a few, you know, whatever, it was a museum thing. Mm, so, mm. But they really picked people who, you know, mm. wanted to just go mm. all out. And I nearly passed out on the way there because I was so anxious. Oh. It was, I felt, so we stayed in this place in the city that was like a Versace porn mm. 80s apartment. It was ridiculous. Appropriate. Picked for photos, obviously. And my dress had been made. The inspiration was the 2006 Sarah Jessica Parker Met Gala look where she attended with Lee McQueen wearing his family's signature kilt mm. and the dress that we made was an homage to that, a love mm. letter to that mm-hmm. because I love McQueen. I'm wearing McQueen socks now. I love McQueen's grungy kind of goth mm. era. That's mm-hmm. the skulls. I've got one of his skulls tattooed on me. So mm. we had to get, we had to make the decision. It was only 800 metres away, mm. but I couldn't walk in the dress. Mm. And I want to tell you about the luck I had with the shoes, okay? Now, I wanted some Alexander McQueen shoes, but they're like $2,000. And mm. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I cannot justify that. Mm. And so I just... Went on eBay. I never buy anything on eBay. And I just put in Alexander McQueen Vintage Shields size 40. Lo and behold, one pair comes up. One pair. In your size? My size. Black with pearls on it. Black pearls and silver studs, which is exactly what I'm wearing with all of my jewellery. I'm like, they must be fake. 
because they were only $150. Oh, my God. I was going to say for the bargain price of. She purchased them for $1,800, mm. had the receipts, the authenticity card, the David Jones box, the bag, everything. And I still am like, oh, it can't be. It cannot mm. be. So I, I bought them and just already wrote them off. I had backups just in case some of my old shoes, mm. whatever. And so Chella and I, driving in on the Friday, went to pick them up from the post office. And even as we're picking them up, I said, Chella, this is too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Can't, can't, be, can't be right. Mm. So we went, are you on your phone? Oh. So we went in to the post office. I put it out in the car straight away, ripped it open. And I said to Chella, it's Cinderella. I'm Cinderella. This is the moment. <laughs> this is going to make or break everything. This is going to determine the good juju for the weekend. Is it going to, because if the shoes don't fit, why am I even going? What's the point, right? So I rip open the post bag. I open the box and I take off my shoes and I slip Perfect fit. Perfect fit. The shoes were stunning. They are authentic. We confirmed with the receipt. Like, what are the fucking chances, mate? What I was so excited. Like, I felt like it was it was karmic gods smiling upon me attending this event, right? <laughs> so I was so excited. What a win. What a win to find genuine vintage Alexander <laughs> McQueen shoes that had only been worn twice in mint condition that fit my enormous hobbit feet. <laughs> <laughs> and they were comfortable. If only you could convey some of the excitement you felt. Oh my god! I'm not getting it. Like, I have to say, if people could see the split screen I have between the way between M's recount of this event versus Chella, <laughs> what a fucking win! At her lap. I just what a win, mate! Like I can't. These yeah. things don't happen to me. Everything was like tick. Oh my god, they fit. They're the right everything. They're mm. real. Oh, sorry. That was it. Then I knew. And then the dress wasn't finished until, like, mm. Jolie was sewing me into it before mm. we left, but it was perfect. Mm. It fit. Mm. It was stunning. It had my the tartan I imagined that Rassianos would have if we were a Scottish clan. Mm. So I got there and I was shaking. I walked into the red carpet and I was shaking because I'm not good at red carpets because I have all these feelings of, like, no one probably knows who I am. What if they don't want me there and I'm standing there and no one wants to take my photo and I look like a loser? <laughs> you step on the red carpet and it was like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry, but... Yes. Lady, I'm not sure that, why you're here. Yes. Why are you? What's going on? This is a this is an actually invite only event. Yeah. 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 So I genuinely felt that. And as soon as I got on the red carpet, one of the PR girls came over and like grabbed my arm, and she's like, "Oh, you?" Sh-. I was shaking. She's like, "You okay, Em?" I said, "Oh, good. You know who? You know who I am?" And she said, "Of course. Like you were the first person we thought to invite. We were so happy that you came. We know you don't go to anything. I love that I have a reputation for that. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited to see this outfit. We've been following the progress online. We're really happy to." have you here. Can you please come on the red carpet and take some photos? And I'm like, okay, fine. And what are you doing? It's 12.58 and I have an important meeting with future women. Oh, so okay. I have to say goodbye to all the, the emulators. Bye, emulators. Okay, okay. So, so anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so I, I got on the red carpet and I did some cool poses. So I never really know what to do with my arms, mm. you know. Mm. And then I, I went inside and I got to walk through the exhibition with like just myself mm. and Lara, my friend, who flew in from Perth Special. And I got to see all the McQueen stuff. The clothes are great. They didn't get the shoes right. Like, they didn't get the shoes right. So all the mannequins are wearing... Oh, even in the exhibition. In the exhibition. I thought you were critiquing other people on the red carpet. Oh, no, no, um, the red carpet was insane. Yeah. But the exhibition itself, it's lovely, but I don't think Lee would sign off. Like, where was the blood? Where was the gore? Where were the insects? Mm-hmm. Where was the taxidermy? Mm-hmm. It's very middle-aged white lady curated. NGV. It. Exactly. Mm. I needed it to be a little bit dirtier. Mm. So then, oh my God, Michael. So right. So we we do the exhibition. Great. Then we go out and there's there's it's a big space. The whole garden's open. There's like a garden of unearthly delights where they've built this entire amphitheater with mm. like red light and people are disappearing into corners, and it's all open. The whole gallery's open. There's no speeches. There's food. There's a gin bar. You can wander around. You don't have to speak to people. And then 
So Baker Boy comes on, Baker yeah. Boy performs, great. Mm. And then I saw all the Drag Race, I had a long chat with Art Simone from Drag Race. And then as I was leaving, the merch shop was open. Oh, my God. It's just your perfect event. It's like they consulted you. Oh, my God. So I went into the merch shop if at midnight. If they only had a chill-out area with noise-cancelling headphones and a beanbag, you would be... <laughs> they did. Because in... <laughs> they had the headphones from the exhibition. You can oh, listen to the exhibition oh. in. And they had all the same glass window area open with, like, crash couches. Yeah. And I'm walking up to Delara. Oh, my God, the, the merch shop, it's midnight. The, the merch shop's open at midnight. Mm. So I went in there, got, got me bloody socks on. Oh, beautiful. I've got my McQueen bag. I've got wow. a McQueen-scented candle. I don't even know how they figured that out. Mm-mm. And I was in there and just I, I rolled around on the carpet. I had photos on the carpet. It was like, and we bought so much merch. Mm-hmm. And then we, we walked back. It was the perfect night. Perfect night. It was actually. You're tucked up in bed by what, one? Oh, easily. Wow. One o'clock. Nice restful sleep, not too drunk. Um, no, mm. I only had four gins because gin makes me cry, as you know. Mm-mm. And then I lay awake at night because I'd spent the night chatting to a lovely man. I, I couldn't place him and it was killing me. And so Odie and I were trawling all the photos. <laughs> and I don't know who it, because I, I nearly took a photo of him and sent it to you because I'm like, this guy, I know his face. And he was lovely. <laughs> was Anthony Albanese. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was young and hot. Okay. Tall, like black nail polish, a mm. brooch, really fashionable. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then finally I saw a picture of him on the red carpet yesterday. Do you remember Conrad from The Bachelor that ended up dating Abby Chatfield and then was in the Brooke Burton series? Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? And he's yes. like pansexual. He's just been in The Challenge. Okay. Anyway, I spent the whole night chatting to Conrad. Bien Seal or something. I thought wow. he was an actor. Wow. But we watched him on that episode of The Bachelor. We really liked him because he can make benches out of wood. He's wow. like Jesus, like a carpenter. He's- so I spent the night talking to one of the bachelors mm. and he was very nice. Mm. Um, so it was a good night. Mm. And That's... a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, nice things about the speech again, which is great. So many drag queens came up, which is so great for me. Yeah. You know, You're really at home. I really, And one of them even said, you're our Michelle Visage, which oh, I mean, much There's younger. no higher compliment. Much younger, clearly. Much younger, obviously. But it was a great night. Wow. So well done, NGV. And I mean, you sh- I just, I nearly wanted to phone you when I saw the merch shop was open. Yeah. Like it was a moment. Heaven. You, can you do love some merch. Oh God, so when cute. we go and see a concert, we get there early so that we can look at the merch, <laughs> appraise it without lines, love make our selections. We're very picky about it as oh, well. Yeah. Hey, um, last in studio chat, thank you so much, because this year you did shoot 23 weeks straight and showed up every single podcast, yep. including flying to Canberra to be present I at did. my National Press Club address <laughs> when none of my fucking family were there. So, yeah, yeah. I still can't get through a week without bringing that up with my kids and husband. (laughs) Still, there's a deep, deep wound from Mm. my, not one member of my immediate family showing up for me. Mm. When all I My husband was there. Your husband was there. I came from Melbourne. He came from Sydney. And we were both at absolute peak of work. Yep. And you were still there. You Mm. showed up for me. When the people I show up for on a daily basis just really couldn't be fucked. (laughs) Um, But you Incredibly gracious about it. Totally. Like, only bring it up once a week Mm. since August 24th. Can you imagine? Mm. So thank you for the year. Thank you. Um, Thank you for making it so convenient that it's literally 200 metres from my house at a time of my choosing. (laughs) That's why this studio has gone down the hill because it's down the hill from Michael's house. Mm, mm. And uh, we'll be back, of course, next year. There'll be some international travels from the Emsolation team. We could be coming to you from far-flung corners of the universe. We will be. We know. Las Vegas. Yeah, we are planning <laughs> some travelling. The foyer of Katy Perry's Vegas show. There will be an installation live from Palm Springs. Don't worry about that. Mm. We're so excited. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Yes. Okay, bye. This is Emsolation. 
that's it from us. Hey, uh, we'll catch you next week. There will be an episode. It'll be a kind of package of the live show. Thanks again to all of you for this year. I also want to thank my team, Ezekiel Fenn, Ben Wosley, James Henderson, Marcella Rossiano barrow Gemma Evans, Georgia Watts, Nick Fordham. I want to thank Prithi and Ben at Spotify. It's been such a great, great project that will continue on. We're having so much fun. And, um, yeah, on a personal note to you all, as you know, to the insulators, especially to our hectics and our patrons, you know, couldn't do this without you. Literally, you pay the studio rent. (laughs) All right, gang. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a happy new year. Obviously, we are. We do have a nap next week, as I've said, but this will be the last time you kind of hear from me now. All right. See you later. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad. Vinci. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening. And we're excited to chat with you again soon. A spoonful of penis helps the penis go down.